Hey everybody, welcome back to The Best Thing Ever, a show about the stuff our friends like. This is episode 24. This week we're talking about half-assing. This is a this is not that our guest postponed a week and that we had to come up with a topic on really short notice, even though there's only three of us. This is a very specific thing that we really enjoy that could be the best thing ever called half-assing. This, this is before. the way the show works. We'll do it again. Yep. You know, maybe you don't you don't understand the context. Well, maybe we plan this out I, months in advance. I, you don't I, know. I feel like you need, well, I feel like you need the it. It's half-assing it. I feel like half-assing could be so many different things, right? Which is like you're putting half of a butt. This is like a, a way thing. that like religious kids get around. Like yeah. this is the thing they're allowed yes, to do. Yes, and be half-assed. It's okay. No, yeah, but I feel yeah. like half-assing it. Half-assing. I need it that is it. the key. And uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash Alex Falcone, you can see these sweet visuals, like this uh, AI-generated image of a donkey broken in half with a light exploding out of the middle of it. It looks like it looks like an amazing magician's act, right? It's like it's that kind yes, of thing. Like, I'm going to break a donkey like magic, in half. Right? That's what I was hoping for. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so as you guys know, I am uh, especially on the internet. I can be kind of a hater. This week, I've hated on things like advertisements, the friend zone, a tampon necklace, and the reckless disregard for which the universe treats the ownership of pens. And I'm right about all those things. But I'm trying to balance those out on the podcast each week by picking something that one of my friends like and learning more about and finding new ways to love it. Each week we give a presentation, a deep dive into the topic's history and philosophy, and then rank it on the master list of best things ever, things that I now officially love entirely. Um, Let me introduce you to the team that's going to talk about half-assing it today. Oh, wait. Today's topic is half-assing, including this whale on a cell phone. Uh, this long hair guy who writes hits and receiving partial credit on math tests. All that and more is coming up in our half-assing episode. Let me introduce you to the panel today in a game that I call Two Hosts and a Lie. I'm going to introduce each of us and with a fun fact. Two of them will be true. One of them will not be true. And you'll find out at the end. I'm your host, Alex Falcone. Uh, and a fun fact about me is that I once won an oldies-themed trivia contest. It was on a cruise ship. And everyone else in the room was actually old. Can you give me like a stolen one... valor trivia contest? You don't have to even give me like a question. Just give me one answer. The Beach Boys, wow. Richie Valen. <laughs> yeah, Richie Valen. <laughs> the, big the, the big The big. <laughs> yeah, the day the music died. Um, yeah. My uh, co-host joining us today, our our head marketing executive, uh, his name is Ezra Fox. And a fun fact about him is he cannot roll his tongue or his R's. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess, like you, you can prove I this could. wrong right now. Just roll your R. Uh, I mean, <laughs> who knows? Was it sandbagging it? Was that real? Yeah, good, yeah, it's hard to tell. You could have been half-assing. Also joining us around at the panel today, our chief historian, Mr. Anthony Lopez. And a fun fact about him, Nicolas Cage came into his work on a day when he was off, when he wasn't there. Yeah. Biggest regret of my life. Um, I also wanted to say this is not a lie that um, I also have trouble rolling my O's. Uh, oh. Weird fact. Um, it's harder for someone with Spanish descendants, right? Or is it yeah, Spanish yeah. descent? You you should be. You have to do it. Like legally, yeah. I think you have to roll some R's. Yeah, I have not been. I wasn't allowed at my cousin's quinceanera because I couldn't do it. <laughs> they wouldn't allow me to do the door. Quinceanera. Uh, Anthony, we're lucky we're not pirates. I feel like that's the thing that I'm. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, that's true uh, but, for both of you. Or maybe it's unlucky for you, as because you're really good at rolling your R's. So today, as I mentioned, the topic is half-assing, and I think for our core memory, where we first, instead of instead of just the first time you ever remember not trying hard at something, what I really want is I want to know if you guys played hooky much. Do you guys ever play hooky in school? I almost did once and never did, but I, I, I 
this is this what is does the it right mean call? to almost play hooky? So my friends were going to see the Matrix sequel. Um, oh, nice! And reloaded like, of evolutions. I'm pretty sure it was reloaded, and I was like, man, wow. this seems like a great moment. I should really be there for. And I didn't. Yeah. I went to school, and I later on felt very fine about that. Um, but in the moment, I was like, man, did I miss out on like a key thing? Uh, right. Yeah, I mean, did, you know, I'm going to be fucking honest with you. You probably would have loaned more from going to see Reloaded than you would have loaned. You would well, have loaned but, all these other words you didn't know. You would have loaned about the philosophical con- like concept of like determinism and like yeah. cause yeah, and effect. Did you need right? to know determinism in high school? Did you? I don't know. You would have loaned about, you know, like old guys being like the but, like of all really the things to play hooky to do to watch a movie i just feel like you can watch movies at night like you're, you're not really and you're not you're not like out i don't know what yeah, do you, you're not now you can i'm talking about like this is early this is when ez was young this was in yeah. the 1980s right yeah yeah when it came out in 74 ezra was there yeah. in line during the day but i mean like you know i get it i think that's a valid reason i i I I played hooky quite a bit. I skipped school a lot. If yeah. That's not obvious. That was gonna um, be my guess between the two of you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would skip school within like, like within just certain classes. I just like wouldn't go to a class you, if I didn't you, like a teacher. And then I you would, would come skip back. school so much. Where would Anthony? You, you skipped <laughs> while skipping school, and you had to go back into school yeah. as a result. You yeah, know, exactly. You, you played hooky I would, from like, your friends. What? Yeah. Wait, how do you? If you skip just a class and then come back, where did you go in the intervening ninety minutes? Oh, we would go to like a friend's house in the area. Huh. We would go get food. We'd go and then just come movie. back. And then just come back. So I, I, I don't like that Mr. Groves. I love Mr. Ford and Rishel, though. Sure, so I'm not sure. going to miss their classes because their classes are good. But this other teacher I can't stand. I, I'll miss one a week. Yeah, yeah. I just won't show up. I've you never, know? I never miss a whole day. I only missed a class. But I missed I, uh, twice. I skipped it out on a class. But it was the last class of the day. So I didn't have to come back afterwards. And it was because we had this substitute in biology who would make you sign in so they didn't have to take roll. And then fold up that paper, put it in a, do- in a drawer, and then sh- do movies or whatever. So whenever we had her, I would just sign the form and then just immediately stand up and walk out. Wait, so you skipped, you played hooky on a movie? Well, or whatever. I don't know. She's teaching <laughs> biology. She could have done whatever. Um, but I only skipped when I could when I could sign in first, so that I would never be caught for it. These are all good approaches. Where it's like this is like the um, like the don't care will not be there. This is like the mm-hmm. I want to get credit for this, and this is like a lawful good ap- approach on my side. Where yeah, like, I definitely I can, feel like I'm between the two of you on this subject. Yeah, great, uh, Look, which is how I guessed. Here's the facts, the hood facts, all right? Mm-hmm. If I was getting any other country's educate, most other countries' education system, no, it would probably be a big loss. But yeah. here's the fucking truth. No, no, it's true. If you are a student in the American education system, skip as much as you want. You really are not missing anything. I mean, uh, this is, t- yeah, th- I, my advice like, to kids is if you think you can tell which classes are valuable, you can, you are right. Like, yeah. My experience, I remember, because definitely there was a thing in high school where I thought I was smarter than a lot of my teachers, and I was probably wrong about a couple of those, but half of them got fired for doing things that were illegal since I left that class. Like, one of my, one of my teachers got fired for buying beer for the baseball team while they were on road trips. Like, I had, a, like, half of my teachers are real estate agents now. Like, yes. I, I might have been right about that, I is have, all. I have a handful of friends who are teachers, and mm-hmm. let me tell you something. 
They're hungover like every day. <laughs> they fucking hate their jobs. They oh, don't no. like the students. I They're mean, surrounded the, yeah. by horrible curriculum being forced down their throats, making them do things they don't want to teach. Um, oh, t- teachers are awesome, and also worse. a lot of yeah. them are, uh, yeah, really sad right now, especially. No, yeah, so. I mean, teachers, I have a lot of respect for teachers. Obviously, like I said, a lot of my friends are literally teachers. I love yeah. them. I have a huge amount of respect Some for of them. my best friends it's are the teachers. the system that they are in. It's the American yes. education system in general is such a goddamn joke. Well, um, so that's why people have... YouTube videos and podcasts now is to learn the things that they should have learned in school. And that's one of the things we're going to provide today. So our way oh, of tackling the topic of yeah. half-assing is we're going to give you, instead of one topic, we're going to each give you a short topic, just like we did in our variety episode. Um, so we have three different, uh, we're going to call them shallow dives today. Um, so we have three different short things you can learn from us. Um, do either of you have a strong desire to go first? Or do you um, want to hang I- out with me first? I can go first. Yeah, I have a pretty go first. simple, yeah. yeah, simple one. I sort of want to talk about kind of picking up on some of the stuff, extra research I did last week. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. so last week you talked about new metal. Yes, I'm very excited and to learn more about. It. Actually, why I want to I want to start this. Yes, this is perfect. So I'm going to start before you start your deep dive into this. I want to start go, jump ahead to a comment we received. Oh. You were you were one and one. We had two YouTube comments. One was very much in your favor. One was a little split on you. Um, so this is a comment from YouTube. It said, "Positing Max Martin as the antithesis of new metal is sort of a bad take, as Corn preceded Max Martin's first hit by a few years. Other than that, good job laying out the history. So you know, yeah. I guess is that a backhanded insult? Anyway, wanted yeah. to disagree with you about Max Martin, but great yeah, news and- to that commenter because you have more Max Martin facts coming at you now." Well, yeah, Facts I Martin. didn't really, I didn't Facts mean Martin. to say, I, you know, what what I meant by that, I didn't mean to say that, like, Korn's first album was a reaction to Max Martin. Right. What I was meant is sort of the popularity by the end of the 90s and early 2000s because Max Martin's sound had become so ubiquitous at that time. And I do think that there was an interesting thing that, like, you know, Max Martin had kind of, he never went, quite went away but he certainly had a less successful period throughout the mid the 2000s and the early aughts. And it's only in like the last 10 years that he has kind of like really launched back up in the fame. Dude, I know, and, I know that feeling, man. You're just cranking out hits. You're on the top of the world. And then all of a sudden you just, you get the yips, you know, that we yeah. all, we've all had the songwriting yips. Yes. And not, um, not like, but, like the, that, like that, Good, get a job. Yip, 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 get a job song. Mm. Uh, the bad yips. <laughs> There's also that it's a who let the dogs out version, but it's for small dogs. <laughs> who let the small <laughs> ones Who out? let the small dogs out? Yip, 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 yip. Yep. Who let the small ones out? That's, um, is it un- that's a separate fact, unrelated yeah. uh, thing that can happen to you. But, you know, like this this idea that like he's he's back now as new metal is getting he's at the the second peak of his career the last like five years as new yeah. metal is starting to come back up i yeah. think is an interesting coincidence yeah um, but you know max martin doing a lot of research about him um i actually don't want to talk about max martin i want to talk about something else i learned from him but i do <laughs> okay. i do want to give you a little bit of what i promised on the can so i just want yeah. to tell you some facts I learned about Max Martin that are really interesting. Something that I've learned, um, this isn't true necessarily with 
all the kind of the biggest songwriters. But what's very funny about Max Martin and uh, sort of his protégés is this idea that, like, he used to be a metal singer. And he was in a metal band. He was going to be a metal musician. Old metal. That was his plan. Yes. (laughs) Um, Also, if you look at the picture of Max Martin, if you were like, hey, what does this guy do? Metal. First guess is metal singer. Yeah, first three guesses are going to be metal singer related. Maybe second. But yeah, I kind of fourth guess is like works at a bowling alley. Mm. I would say fifth guess though, uh, hairstylist because oh, he has yes. very straight nice shiny hair. hair. He's taking good care of that long hair. Mm-hmm. Yes, but you know he he's, he was originally a metal singer. He got a job writing tunes for uh, she- Chevron Chevron. I believe it's how, how it's pronounced. It's a okay. music company. Yeah, um, okay. And they like oh, yeah, not yeah, really Chevron. defined a lot of the hits of the late 90s. Kind of the sound of pop music comes from this studio in Sweden. And what's really Yeah, I don't know if we know that, if, if everybody thinks when you think of pop music, how much Swedish, uh, the Swedish mafia has gotten into us. Yeah. And what's crazy is like, you know, the story of Britney Spears, right? Like why Britney Spears exists. Um, is it because of Robin? It's because of Robin, yes. So oh, Robin I was is definitely going to say that it was because uh, Papa Spears and Mama Spears loved each other very much. But yeah, okay. So what's no, Robin? They, what I don't actually knowing the Spears' parents, like not personally, but of them, I don't know if there was ever love in that. They marriage. tolerated um, each other very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, especially Papa Spears is not necessarily a great guy, from what it seems. Doesn't seem like yeah. the most loving dad on the planet. No, that's certainly true. Um, but yeah, so you know, he he worked with Robin, who is. Uh, everyone kind of knows her now for her sort of late last 10 years as well. Her kind of late resurgence with like Dancing on My Own, Call Your Girlfriend, like some of the most banger pop hits in the world, right? And definitely if like she, her new sound has changed the way modern pop music sounds. But her original sound changed the way pop music sounded in the 90s because you know, she had a big hit in the 90s. And what happened was the studios were like, we need Robin. I want to get Rob, we have to get her over here, make her a big American star. And Robin was like, no, I don't want to do that. So they went to Max Moten, who helped write one of Robin's hits. And he was basically like, oh, you want Robins? I can fucking make you a Robin. I can make you Robins <laughs> all day, you guys. Uh, so that's where Britney Spears came from. Britney Spears was a straight um, reaction to the success of Robin. They brought over the guy who wrote her hit for her. He wrote all of the, her hits. You know, like it's very Wait, funny. So he had written Robin's hits, and the Amer that we wanted an American Co-Vain remake. Robin's, Co- yes. Yeah, so, so Robin yeah, also Robin. writes a lot of her songs, right? And so, right. I think one of the reasons so Max has Robin. helped on some of Robin's hits, yeah. and then they were like, "We want an American remake." So they found the this girl from the Mickey Mouse Club, and they hired the songwriter, and they like go. Yes, exactly. And you know, it's really funny if you listen. Cool. I listen to a lot of interviews about working with Max Martin, and you know, like. The different acts you listen to, like you're someone like Justin Timberlake or Pink or uh, Taylor Swift, talk about him. They really talk about this sort of like collaborative effort, right? And this sort of like what's so great about Max is like he's a real like he's a perfectionist, but he's not like mean. He really knows what he wants and he will help you get there. And he's incredibly collaborative. And then you listen to like Britney Spears or like the Backstreet Boys talk about him. And like Britney Spears is really funny because she's like, he's great. Like you come in, the song's done, and he goes, this. <laughs> And you're out. That's it. Like, he just writes everything. You don't have to worry about anything. So he definitely kind of has... He can go both. We do both speeds of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, 
Dude, it's, I, I don't. I, I do feel like there's this like you have to be a singer songwriter, and it's better thing that we have that people have now. They they want to believe that every songwriter, every performer wrote writes all their own songs because it's it's cooler. But like Frank Sinatra was not the world's best songwriter. Like you no. could just be great at singing. Yeah, no, right. don't, like, I don't need my chefs to like be farmers as well. I think exactly. That's okay. yeah, 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 exactly. Thank you. Perfect. And Much there's better a lot of a lot of great bands. Like I don't know if they're great bands, but you talk about like bands like Aerosmith or Kiss or mm-hmm. like uh, Bon Jovi. A lot of like rock bands who are famous for always using songwriters, right? Like that has yeah. been a very common thing in a long time. Most people just don't talk about it. You know? Yeah, and I and I think that's rad. I think and it, yeah. it's cool that Max Martin. He didn't. He wasn't a metal singer. That was not the yeah. thing that the universe needed him to do. Not the universe. The industrial music complex needed him <laughs> to do. But mm. they were like, "We look. You are this thing, and Britney Spears is this other thing, and together you make a thing that's better than either of you by yourselves." That's a cool yeah. thing for to exist in art. And you know, one of the things that's kind of actually the the real point I want to talk about because you know, when reading about doing research about Max Martin. You find a lot of interviews about him as a person, and one of the things that comes up a lot is how humble he is. And when he talks about fame, he talks about how, like, fame is really fucked up. Like, human beings won't evolve to be famous. We shouldn't be famous. He feels bad that he helps make people famous. Um, (laughs) But there is this concept that I learned about this week that I want to actually talk about, because I think this... It's a really interesting story here. Have you ever heard of Yonta Lavin? I believe is what it's called. Yonta Lavin? No. Law no. of Yonte? Um, so this is something that's very, very big in Scandinavian culture. Um, oh, my God. Uh, and just sort of like Denmark, Sweden. This is basically like the rules of conduct. For the entire Scandinavian countries, right? So mm. this is – it's based off a book that came out in the 1930s, and it's okay. the antithesis of the idea of being an American. But mm. it is essentially why in Scandinavia, if you, like, brag about your successes, if you, fly, if you know, show your wealth, if you are, like, a cocky person, it's, like, considered horribly bad to do. It's against all social norms. But the, um, the laws of Yante – Lavin, uh, 10 rules that state you you are not to think you are anything special you're not to think you are as good as us you're not you're not to think you are smarter than us you're not to convince yourself that you are better than us you are not to think you know more than us you're not to think that you are more important than us you are not to think that you are good at anything you are not to laugh at us you're not to think anyone cares about you and you're not to think you can teach us anything. So these this, are the rules. This feels of like Yonte. a psychology experiment where they're like, "Can you raise a child without love?" It well, no. Like... This is why <laughs> Danish countries are so much better and nicer than American countries. Like, right? why, why like, like, this countries. isn't saying this isn't saying anything about love. This is just saying like, "Hey, don't be like a dick." Right. And don't well, okay, pay yourself the, the, above no, the, society. The don't ever think somebody cares about you. That one feels like it might be kind of harsh for well, children. I think it's like, don't take it personally. <laughs> I mean, the, the, like some of these are great, but also you're not as good as us is like, hey, the person who wrote this book is the is a god and everyone else is an idiot. Mm. Also, um, you're not to think you're you have anything to teach us is really weird. Like. I think what one of the things that makes it rad is if I like the whole point of this is you're going to teach me this thing that I don't know and I'm going to teach you a thing you don't know. 
I think yeah, you have but, something teach people. No, I mean like, that's not that's not again. You're kind of misinterpreting the rules here. In sure, a very, just, like, yeah, all I have to go off is what they actually the rules, said. Yes, but again, this is being translated from English and from sure. Swedish into English. Who knows what the context actually is, right? But do, like do, this idea. So do people are people cool about them? Like like do do the people like like the rules? I guess when when yes, they... this is. If you go to any Scandinavian country, from my understanding, this is essentially the social norms that all Scandinavian countries are built around. Uh, huh. This is like Yontelaven. Yontelaven? The law of Yonte, J A N T E. Jontelagen is J A N T E L A G E N. But yeah, so it's really big in Scandinavian countries, and it essentially changes the entire way society works, right? So, like, you're not, and it's like coming from, again, coming, comparing to American systems and American sort of like, especially, you know, the American ideology of like radical individualism, right? Which I think has caused so much damage to this world and is good in a lot of ways, but like, you know, like there's like I think especially like, as a bunch of people have done stand up, right? Like stand up, one of the reasons that it makes it such an American art form is because of this underlying idea of radical individualism that like permeates American culture so much, right? Stand up is the art form of a single person showing their individualness on stage and making people laugh, right? Yeah. So I don't know if you get a like stand up a healthy stand up culture in this type of rule set, but like well, given our Why? best thing ever ranking, that seems like maybe we're fine with yeah. that. But yeah, it's so fascinating. I had no idea that this was a thing. I love learning about like societal norms like this. Um, but yeah, the law of Yante is a really fascinating thing, and it's a part of why like Max Merton isn't w the most famous person in the world, right? Because he follows these rules of like even though he's incredibly successful, he doesn't ever flaunt hmm. it. He doesn't do interviews talking about how great he is. He doesn't like being told how great he is. He always talks about the collaborative process. He always gives credit where credit is due, right? He never like takes credit for himself when he can like share it among a bunch of other people. And this like permeates through all of like Scandinavian culture in a way that it's like impossible for me to wrap my head around as an American. Like I said, as a, a there's a, yeah, there's a like one example of this that came up when I was trying to find out how to spell it is like uh, the Swedish actor Alexander Skarsgård um, talking about how like he won an Emmy and a Golden Globe and he was like couldn't he was not like proud and couldn't brag about it. He was like, that's yeah. not how this works. That's not what Yanta wants for us. Yeah, and it's interesting. Like, so this comes from a fictional book that was written in 1930 um, in Danish, I believe, is the original language. Uh, so it's not even that old, but in essentially about 190 years, it has completely changed the way Scandinavian culture works and like its societal norms. I mean, I imagine a lot of these ideas had a underpinning in Scandinavian culture before this, and this book kind of just helped. Yeah, um, have to solid like solid like make them solid solidify and, like, it. Yeah, mm -hmm. solidify it. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so like it's really interesting, you know. Like I'm like trying to do research about new metal, and I go down this long Max Martin hole, and I learn all about his how his past, and then from that I go down this even deeper hole, learning about Yontelagen. I love it. Um, and I just it was so fascinating this week. I've been it's thinking so about good. this a lot. 
So your mini, um, your mini lesson for the day is Yonta Login. And um, yeah. I just want everyone to know, even while he was explaining it, Anthony did not think at any point he had something to teach you. No, I, I did not. He's no. very dedicated to it. I mean, I, I think that's kind of, look, this is intense, I guess. And, and it looks like, yeah, this is kind of solidifying, yeah, stuff that's already in there. Um, and it feels really foreign, you know, necessarily. So it's kind of interesting, like, oh, there are lots of different starting points for a culture. You know, you don't have to, like, start in the, how do I make myself as important as possible? Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's probably yeah. like, a right amount of Yantan Login and a right amount of, like, you know, this, like, I can do whatever I want Americanness. Uh, yeah, if the, if we could find a society, a middle ground between this. Yeah, find me that and, country. And, like. And like, hey, uh, I don't care if you have cancer. I ain't getting the jab, and I'm gonna breathe on you. Right, uh, right, right. And I'm gonna walk into my store with my machine gun on my back because I'm an American. And fuck right. you, customers yeah. always right. Uh, I want to speak to your manager. I'm gonna like you know, like if we could find a middle ground between those two extremes. The world would genuinely be such I, I a better like place. I do like the American Yanta login where it's like, rule number one, I would like to speak to a manager. manager yeah. <laughs> I, that's amazing. Uh, no, rule I, I, number two, you are the main character of reality. Of every Everyone yeah. else is an NPC. Be yeah. as solipsistic as you can. Yeah. Um, it's a lo- the yeah. rule number two is kind of long, but yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. Well, that's great. So that's Anthony's mini lesson, Yanta login. Let's move on to topic two of our mini, of our shallow dives. I'm going to go second because as... Yours feels like the perfect third oh gosh, uh, cleaner. Right. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna. You guys may have noticed. You guys might have, have seen the news this week. Aliens were in the news this week. This I was um, trying to do the X Files theme, but I can't. Oh, okay. Do it. You have such a great history with singing themes on this show. Oh yeah, yeah, I got that one. Um, right, wait, so, I should so, know about aliens being in the news. What you don't know? No, I don't know about aliens being in the news. Good for you not watching the news. Undercover would say, isn't it, Alex? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, this this doofus uh, guy here had a thing in front of Congress where he... Who who is uh, this doofus guy? He's a a former military intelligence officer, possibly current military intelligence officer. He is a guy who... The only thing I know about this guy is he seems to... His whole thing is that, like, Somebody told me. Somebody very reliable told me some crazy shit. Yeah. So there was. A, so the, so uh, Congress had a. Uh, um, okay. I didn't think I have to talk about this part. Um, uh, Congress had a, a committee hearing last week about the existence of aliens, and they interviewed UAPs. two fighter pilots who were like, "I've seen some shit," which you know, great. Um, and then the third one was this military intelligence officer who was like, there are aliens, they're real, the government has them, we are, we've captured a ship, we're reverse engineering it as we speak. I, and, but he was very careful. He's never seen anything. Every, it, was the, it, was just, it was the most pure her, her, uh, hearsay uh, you've mm-hmm. ever heard. In, he just said over and over again, I've been told this, reliable people said this, I have spoken to people who have seen this. And there's this weird, the internet's been really weird about it this week where there's like, 10 million people saying the government admitted there are aliens. Why is no one talking about it? But they're talking like, there's just all people talking about how no one's talking about it. Um, but also <laughs> it was really, really stupid. And the, the, anyway, so, this guy, whatever. best way I can describe, it, I know it's a photo, so it's a little unfair, but he looks like he's never blinked in his life. <laughs> I mean, he does have like kind of an, un- his, his skull shape looks like there may be something hiding inside of it. I don't know. I'm sure um, this is a real person. Like you this can is, picture that face mean, but... opening, and there's a small character driving joysticks in it. And it's, it's... I mean, it genuinely does feel that we are like slowly, um, like 
getting inoculated to the idea of aliens being here, right? Like, it does feel like almost like there was a controlled, slow... I assumed you would be on that side of this. It doesn't feel like that to me. It feels like um, everyone in the government has somewhat of... In America, because the way uh, the American Yontalogan works... Government officials always get political benefit from saying that they don't trust the government. So this was just a hearing of people being like, we don't trust us either, which is stupid. Well, and I don't even mean this hearing. I'm talking about the last, like, 10 years. I, there's just the not, way very not slow, this, this is weird so, thing has, not, has not, come out. Yeah, this is just a cool all, thing like, to talk about. There's no aliens. Oh, wait, wait. But, but Alex, on the other hand, what if there's aliens? So there are aliens. For sure there are aliens. They're just not here. And they're not. Oh. It's like. Well, what if they're here? <laughs> What's so funny about this guy's testimony is that he's like, look, I have, I, have, I have good, good authority that we have aliens and it just so happens they're exactly like all of the alien conspiracies you've ever heard about. Like, it's not, there's no part that's like, and also we know secret information. It's like all the secret information he knows is just stuff that everybody already has talked but about. Like, it's so boring to hear this? Doesn't make people feel good? Is he like doing God's work? We're just like, hey, guys. Yeah, people liked it. Anyway, yeah, right? I want to so, talk about that. We don't need to talk about it anymore. Some. You can just read the news as, here's what I want to talk about, which is this reminded me that a lot of people, I think, do not know the story of the Roswell crash that was mm -hmm. like one of the founding incidents in there are aliens that have crash landed on Earth and we're reverse engineering them. A lot yeah, of people... the smoking man was there and <laughs> so was uh, uh, Agent Black from Men in Black played yes. by... Um, Yep. He was there. That um, talking dog for Men in Black, too. Yeah. And the I, look, yeah, I just, man it's, been, the it's been, So I love the story of Project Mogul, which is the thing that actually happened. And I just, I've been surprised when people are talking about this guy in the news pretending there are aliens that they don't know what actually happened at, Project, at, at Roswell with Project Mogul because it's a cool story. This is a cool thing that has happened. So you guys said you don't know Project Mogul, right? You don't know what this is? As far as I know, no. No. Great. So let's I mean, start I with know the... some shit about Roswell and Alien and Area 51. And Great. Like, okay. So let's start with the mystery. Game, Area 51 pretty well. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. Shoot some of them, not the other ones. Yeah, I shot them all. So let's like start God with the mystery, though. We're going go, to build up to it. Let's start with a mystery. So during World War II, American pilots uh, frequently in their like first aid bags were given a metal sphere that weighs about five mm -hmm. pounds. Mm -hmm. And they were told, if you, go, if you crash into the ocean... Toss this ball overboard into the water. We'll find you. Because the ocean is very big. Our radio signals were not good. We didn't have satellite communication back then. We were like, here's how we'll know where you are if you crash anywhere in the ocean. Throw this metal ball in the water and we'll come find you. Question. It, yes. Yes. Is it because the metal ball was very expensive and they're like, well, shit, we got to get that ball back. So we're, we're going to find it. I don't know what it's going to take, but it's we're like a deposit to you and your personhood. But we really we don't want to waste this ball. We can make pilots as fast as we want. Yeah, These goddamn balls, balls, though. My favorite ball. It was really tricky. So so the, the great thing about this was were two things. One, if the pilot got captured and they were tortured and the enemy was like, how does this system work? They would not know. They have, would have no idea. And the other thing that's great about it is it did work. So, <gasps> and if the enemies were to get the, take the ball, cut them in half, try to figure out what the crazy electronics are inside, nothing. It's hollow. It is a hollow metal sphere, and it absolutely worked if you threw it overboard to help people find you when you were lost in the ocean. As guess. Can I have one? 
<laughs> I, so it's actually hard to find at real pictures of the actual SOFAR spheres. Um, this one is a later scientific project that I'm showing you a picture of now, but it just looks like a ball. But it's not one of the actual ones from the pilots because of some... It's interesting how much of this is still... Like, little bits of it are still classified, but most of it is declassified by now. But So here's what happened. Here's how that works. Here's, here's why it worked. Uh, and this I learned this originally in a physics class, and I want to be light on the physics here. But here is... So here's the basic physics. You know how... Uh, when you yell to somebody far away, they can't hear you. But if yes. you use a, you know, you got a, a cardboard wrapping paper tube and you talk into it, the sound goes farther, right? Yes. You know that. And the reason for that is that in the world, in 3D space, when you speak, sound goes out in all the directions. And so it gets weaker and weaker and weaker as the 3D space gets bigger. Mm -hmm. You talk into a tube, it bounces around and it keeps going straight. Mm -hmm. It turns out in water, sounds in water, the, the, the distance they will travel and the speed they will travel has to do with the temperature of the water. So as it gets colder, the sounds do not go as far. They do not go as fast. They're slower. Mm. But it also well, has to do with the... slows down when it gets cold. Yeah, exactly. Like it's cold, so the like sound, the molecules bumping into each other, it yeah. slows down. But as pressure goes up in water, sound travels faster. So there is a point, if you're going down, where because if you go down through the ocean, the water gets colder and colder and colder, but mm -hmm. it also gets higher and higher pressure. There is a perfect point where those two meet, where the amount that it's slowing down because of the cold and the amount that it's speeding up because of the pressure is exactly the same. Mm. And at that point, sound travels forever, What? basically. It's called the sound channel or the SOFAR channel, which is uh, uh, S-O-F-A-R. But the SOFAR channel means, so what happens is any sound that goes up now it speeds up because it's getting into warmer water. And if it goes down, it speeds up because it's getting into more pressure. So it all comes back together and it continues to travel. And it'll travel basically around the world. And this was, this was originally discovered by a scientist named Maurice Ewing. Uh, he's credited with discovering it. Obviously, he was discovered way before that by whales because whales love the SOFAR channel. Whales go down to the SOFAR channel and they sing to each other across the ocean because sound travels so, so far in that point in the water. That's a Wait, real thing that exists. So if, if the whale just like wants some quiet time, they just like go up or down like, like exactly. 100 feet. Well, and, and in fact, like... it, that's exactly right. And in fact, in, if you watch Hunt for Red October, or better yet, read the book Hunt for Red October, they say that submarine, once they figure this out, submarines would carefully avoid going into the sound channel because that would make it easier to spy on them from far away. So you'd mm. carefully never go down into that. And if you read Hunt for Red October instead of watching it, he goes into a lot of detail about how sand, sound works underwater, and it's really, really interesting, and most of it but is true. if you... If you watch Red Hunt for October, it's a good movie. Yes. It's probably more enjoyable than reading the book. I mean, I, it's, so. a, it's a really interesting book, um, and I but read that it movie, physics teacher oh. But that movie is great. It's a phenomenal yeah, it's movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Question, yeah. For the, question. In the book version, do they have the correct Sean Connery spellings of all the dialogue that he has? <laughs> I, so I think, think they... I, I Does think... the book start in Russian and then go... And now imagine we're going into his mouth. <laughs> and the world transformed <laughs> into English. Yeah, but that's exactly how the book is, yeah. Amazing. The pages turn into mouth-colored pages, so you can tell you're in his yeah, mouth. Love that. Um, so, so all you have... So what you, God, what you can do... that's a good movie, man. What, what, what Maurice Ewing figured out <laughs> is that you can put... You can just drop uh, microphones into the ocean at that depth and basically hear everything that's happening around the whole ocean. So if you make a metal sphere of exactly the right uh, strength, that you can drop into the ocean and it'll, it'll deal with the pressure, and then right when it gets to the sound channel, it'll pop. And that pop will be able to hear it at all your microphones around the world. So if you have microphones in a few places, 
um, if you have it in just a couple of the right places, like here's the Sosis array, which is the microphones we have around the world. If you hear that pop in three different places, that's enough to triangulate where it came yeah. from. So you can, just like the way cell phone towers or, or uh, GPS works, is it three different points, the sound arrives at slightly different times, they know where you are, they send somebody to a rescue boat to come pick you up out of the ocean. The sphere worked. Yeah, um, but I also imagine that some places that if you crash, they'd be like, well, yeah, he's there, sucks for him. We ain't going yeah. over there to get him. Yeah. He's very, very um, plausible. At least so, we know where he's going to drown. That's nice. <laughs> so this is yeah. a thing we we still use it for like science now and we do listen to like spy on whales and uh uh yeah so that's why i think of it as like the whale cell phone network so Wait, we got the... it because whales are rising up against us right isn't that a thing that's happening not in nearly large yeah. enough numbers but yes some oh, no. of them we, do seem to be and i'm on their side one, Wait, what are they doing one, one flame at a time how are you, you not know? reading the news there's why whales that are the... attacking rich people's boats in hold greece on, it's yeah. awesome hold on hold on hold on have you ever seen some news and been like, I need some more of this? Because that's not yeah, my main experience of the news. There's whales that are attacking, they're attacking yachts. There are whales so, intentionally, no. and, and it seems as though the mother whale who's got hit by a yacht when she was a kid, and now she attacks yachts, and she's teaching her kids to hate yachts. It's, yeah. It does okay. feel like eat the rich, Look, but with whales. Radicalization it's very good. takes time. All right? We're getting the rich. there. Yeah, <laughs> Baleen the rich is exactly yeah yeah strain the rich back out into the water is exactly <laughs> okay. what it's great. Uh, look, I just in my defense for every fun like you know whale uprising, there's like I don't know let's say like three thousand stories that are either the saddest thing I've ever heard, uh, right, <laughs> or a happy version of the saddest thing I've ever heard, which is not better, right? Where it's just like mm. this one time we saved someone. Uh, you know, from from this thing, uh, right? Isn't that amazing? You are generally right. I'm against the news. I'm just I just wish you got the good ones, which are uh, aliens and uh, whales. But look, no, here's the thing. I just, I realize that like all the news things are basically just um, person you do, you don't like does thing that you don't like. That's yeah. most of the news stories that mm. you you actually don't have to know what anyone says. You're just like, oh, this makes sense, right? Yeah, well, right. it's like somehow things have gotten worse is another news story that you just that's that's copy paste. You don't really need to actually know the specific thing, or it's like. Or this one time, things weren't so bad. You've convinced um, me I'm unsubscribing to the New York Times today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so there's a SOFAR channel in the ocean. Um, and we know that. We found it. So let's say you're a scientist after World War II. The war's over. And the, uh, uh, the, the Cold War has started. And you know that there's a sound channel in the ocean that has to do with uh, the changing temperature and the changing pressure. So if that exists in the ocean, what else in the world might behave that way? Where else might that exist? But... It might exist in butts. So you start putting microphones in butts and you're going to get. No. So if, it, if that happens in the water, it probably happens in the air, right? Because uh, air is the same way. The 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 air is just air. water upside down and the, the temperatures uh, get colder as you go up and the pressure gets less. So there's a point in the air where there is a so far channel where if you have a microphone in the right place in the air, you can hear basically all, the around, all around the world in that layer. That's very cool. So during the Cold War. Uh, Ewing, uh, Professor Ewing is working on this idea now, and he wants to spy on things like Russian missile tests. But in order to do that, you have to. It's much easier to lower a microphone into the water and hold it at that depth by having that much like chain than it is to put it up in the air and have it be exactly in the right place if you're like a kilometer up. The only way you can do it is with balloons. And so they called in. This ties really well into my my thing from a couple weeks ago when we did the variety episode about a weird American company's side hustles. General Mills, the cereal company, also made high-altitude balloons for the military. They took a break from Booberry 
to make these massive vinyl balloons that could float in the SoFar channel okay. in the air. In their defense, they said their mills were general. That could cover anything. Yeah, that's true. exactly right. right. Yeah, yeah. There are, are, we can mill balloons. Whatever yeah, you want, any, we'll mill it. We'll, turn, we'll change our mills to do Yeah, we can mill nukes whenever you want. Um, so they wanted to find out when Russians blew up bombs, and that sound and that the mushroom cloud would go up into the, into, into the sky. It would travel through the sound channel. So if you could hang microphones, you'd know exactly when and where by triangulating where they did this. So the General Mills built them these big balloons called skyhook balloons, and they hung them up in the air, and they had these trailing kites of different pieces of uh, foil and, and wood to make different uh, sound-reflecting things, and they had microphones and stuff on them. So they're like weather balloons, but they're bigger, and they're covered in technology. And one of these balloons crashed in Roswell, and then the government covered it up. And what they said later was, it's just a weather balloon. And everyone was like, that's not a weather balloon. Look at all this stuff on it. And that is true. It did have a lot of stuff on it. But what it was, was a skyhook balloon. They look like classic UFO sightings, because this was in the, the time of the the early films, black and white films. So the so they tended to be white boom. spheres. Yeah. What? 50 sci-fi boom. Like yeah, exactly. Movies, perfect books, timing for the 50 sci-fi nickel. boom. These looked like... You know, balloons. And if you remember the, the Chinese spy balloon from last year, Anthony, I say, because yeah. Ezra obviously didn't read the news. Never heard of it, yeah. <laughs> Never heard of this. But um, what happened was there was one Chinese spy balloon, and then we were like, hey, we've shot down seven other things. And then, like, a few weeks later, they were like, that was just like a Boy Scout project. We feel really bad. None of those were spy balloons. Because we just can't tell what yeah. stuff is when it's floating, and you don't know what. It's yeah. just hard. To, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, like, it's like the game Area 51. You, you shoot first, right? Exactly. And then you decide if they're a person later. It's exactly yes. like that. All right, so so that that by the way, that's called Project Mogul, the plan to like hang these microphones up in the in the sound channel in the air and listen. Um, that's why uh, I was talking about all this uh, Project Mogul. Uh, it didn't work great. It turns out it's really hard to have balloons stay at exactly the right height for a long time. This is why one of them crashed in Kentucky. Like they just balloons go wherever the heck they want. Yeah, um, can we do it with drones seen, now? So well, it actually what what ended up replacing it was U two spy planes. So we were like. We, we're better at making a plane that can fly at a very high altitude for a very, very long time than we are at making a balloon that can float in the right place and stay put. Um, it also turns out we can like listen to very carefully to seismometers that listen to for earthquakes because when you set off a nuclear bomb, seism seismographs whatever, around the world will hear it, and you can do the same triangulation from the tiny, tiny earthquake that travels through the Earth's rock. So. We figured out easier ways to do it than balloons. Balloons are almost never the answer. Like, for whatever the question is, if you think the answer is balloons, nine times out of ten, you're wrong. Yes. Yeah. Fun party animal thing. An animal is still better than a balloon yeah, animal. I'd, I'd take an animal for balloon animal I mean, for what sure. what about, like, as, like, an activity? Because, like, uh, balloon swords, you know, like, all those things like that. We, I've gone to parties. Yeah. I'd take had, a pool noodle would, over a balloon sword. Yeah, there's a very yeah, what hot if, balloon guy who... Um, how about this, Alex? <laughs> Alex, you're a with a bunch of friends. After. Yeah. You're with a bunch of scumbag friends at three in the morning doing whippets. How else are you going to do it unless you have a punch balloon, huh? I, I huh? do not know what that balloons means, but you're right. Okay, yeah, that's wait, the wait. one time. I thought it was a paper bag. I've never is the balloon whippets. filled with punch? Yeah. Is the balloon punch? No. What's the punch balloon? A punch okay. balloon is uh, the type of like really stretchy um, balloons that can oh. like, kind of inflate. <laughs> and you, you you take a CO2 canister and you inf and you inflate. Full, fill okay. the balloon mm -hmm. with the CO2, so this way you can breathe it in and then blow it back in the boot and breathe, breathe it in again. And you do that over and over again until you kill most of your brain. This is not all right. Super disclaimer. high for like a bad minute. idea. Don't do this. 
just yeah. in case. No, yeah, of course, we're going to have to disclaim it. It's a balloon-based yeah. thing. Of course it's a bad idea. Yeah, whip so, it to a really bad idea. They're kind okay, of fun so to do once, though. We've covered a lot of ground in our first two mini-stories. So we talked about Yontalogan with Anthony. I talked about Project Mogul. And now, Ezra, you have proposed you are going to tell us a story about your middle school teachers. So this is part three of our shallow dives. Tell us about your middle school teachers, Ez. Um, so I'm going to talk about uh, uh, middle school You know, was not the best time <laughs> for me, for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. But I had some pretty great teachers. Uh, um, I think part of the weirdness of the school experience was that I made the shift, shift from public school to private school for like sixth, seventh, mm-hmm. eighth grade. Um, oh, you were the other way. Yeah. Um, you were the one who was too socialized. I mean, I was, look, I was public school smart going into it, but I was not ready to be private school smart. Like, it was mm. like, I went from like, you know, like top percentile to like very middling. Uh, yeah. That's where they were hiding all the Smartens. Um, oh, but, okay. But, uh, but there's, I mean, like amazing, amazing experiences generally like, you know, that were somewhat like traumatic, but like the teachers I thought all across the board were really good. Um, the one I wanted to start with was my eighth grade, uh, math teacher, um, uh, I don't know if I should do names or not, I guess. Uh, but like, let's just say. Did he get arrested or was he a good teacher? She was a great teacher. She was a great teacher. Uh, then, yeah, you teacher. can use a name of a good teacher. Okay. Amazing teacher. I didn't teacher. mention all the various high school teachers at my public school who got arrested. Okay. Later. So my, my amazing uh, teacher, uh, well, so we had a first name basis. So Jen, uh, because it was a cool school. Um, so um, my, my cool, uh, cool eighth grade teacher, uh, Jen, she said that she was the queen of partial credit. Um, and mm. the thing I loved about this was sort of like the, 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 as a guiding principle of like, Hey, like I'm going to start with like trying to give you as many points as possible. Right. Like that is mm. my goal here. So like, if you don't know the whole thing, it's okay. If you're like, say like half-assing, you know, through your way, like you will get like half-ass worth of credit. Like that's okay. Like I'm not going to try to do zero and out. Um, and I loved that as mm. like for someone who maybe had a tough time, uh, making decisions sometimes. Uh, I'd had this idea of like, what if I just gave myself partial credit on a lot of things, right? Like, what if I, um, when I later, you know, became a parent, one of the, the uh, philosophies Sarah and I had was like, what if we just, you know, in our lives when we're struggling, look, we're probably going to suck, but what if we only suck a little bit, right? Like, in terms mm-hmm. of like, you know, we're like, we're going to like, yeah, like, we're not going to be like calling people back all the time, but what if we just like, only partially are bad friends right now during this time. So, like, like you go to Disneyland with your kids, you bring two of three of them back home with you. You're like, that's a a high C. We Look, we tried to do it in a way where it's like, these are all safe situations to to be bad. Uh, But I think the idea of, like, right? Uh, But generally, like, the idea of not being terrible, uh, like, I guess this idea of it's a, a, you don't have to just be like, oh, this is either 100% or zero. Um, that kind of like, um, like a little bit of a wiggle, uh, that mm-hmm. was a nice, uh, kind of like guiding principle, I think both in like that, uh, that class and, and also later in life, a couple other like shout outs I wanted to give to like other good moments of, uh, I want to say like, I don't know they were notable, they're half assery, um, uh-huh. amazing teacher, uh, Mr. Mackey, uh, my seventh grade teacher, uh, for science. Um, I love the reckless disregard he had at some points. Uh, for oh, safety. that's a great science teacher. Yeah. So, in a, such a cool way. This like a good, science really teacher cool. with singed eyebrows? That's how you know you're <laughs> um, that's the only cheer. kind. Yeah. I so, love it. So, do you guys know about sodium? Oh, yeah. I know a little bit about it, yeah. Okay. So, in normal form, right? Uh, uh-huh. Table salt, sodium chloride, uh, pretty boring. You know, salty makes things taste good. Um, it's dope. I love it. It's very yeah. good. Take sodium on its own, though, just straight up sodium, yeah. and it will explode if it touches water. 
Um, yeah, it and so hates we had water. It like gets so mad. A giant thing, basically, a giant, like, I don't know, I want to say maybe a 50-gallon barrel of water in the middle of the room, and he just Whoa. hucked a large glob of sodium Whoa. into it, and it just hit the, like, it just, like, shot up in fire and, like, you know, hit the ceiling. Uh, it was glorious. Yes. Um, I loved it. Oh, he had this idea t-shirt. also um, about the uh, idea. What well, basically he was just, just a cool, cool kind of little sarcastic guy. Uh, and this idea, like, think about it. What is the least astonishing conclusion, right? Um, so anytime you know something is happening that you don't understand it, it's probably pretty boring, honestly. Um, right. And this is apparently, I did not know this, but it's a principle of least astonishment. Um, that is a real thing. Also very related to the first two witnesses at that congressional aliens hearing where they are like, I was flying and I saw a blob and I didn't know what it was. It must be aliens. Yeah. There um, are less astonishing conclusions you could come to from that. Right. So I think there's where it's like, um, like remarkable evidence or like remarkable conclusions require remarkable evidence, basically some, mm-hmm. some version of that, right? Where it's like, you're going to need a lot. And um, if you're surprised, you got to look into it a lot and really like with that shadow da- doubt. And I like the idea of just like, oh, like this is a things might be a little bit boring. And that's kind of cool. Um, like you can yeah, use that. Like the like, simplest answer is usually the correct. Yeah, one, it's kind right? of like yeah, Occam's razor, razor, but it's I, I like Occam's the just not making it not astonishing is a really smart way to say that. I like yeah. that. Is um, I want to start. I want to talk just this picture you put in here. Yes. Of the math problem that says must show work to receive credit. This is the opposite of your teacher's partial credit rule. I hated I was I was a very, very good at math as a child and it was super easy. And the worst part of one of the worst parts of school for me early on was I they would give me a math problem and I would know the answer and I would write the answer down and then they would be like, No credit, you didn't show the steps. And I was like, the steps are you say it to me and I know the correct answer. That's the work. I've showed you the work. I'm not going to make up steps in the middle that I didn't take. That's craziness. Okay. So I guess, I mean, this is the same kind of idea that other, the other way of phrasing the same idea that, you know, uh, my teacher had, which is that like, show the work because you might be wrong. And then I'll still give you credit for the work. So it's more like, totally. like if, it's yeah, a hedge basically, you, you I suppose. Yeah. If like, you tell me each of these questions were 10 points for the correct answer, but if you get the wrong answer and the right steps before it, I'll give you nine. Great. Yeah. I'll take that chance every time because I know, because the answer is just there. I don't know why i know it and i do think there is something about teaching kids who can do the math in their head to keep using their heads and not be like stop doing this do this worse you have to do this well, worse so i i think the interesting thing about this all on the whole so the that's the difference between like half-assing and no-assing right so like half-assing i think is has a core of something good and maybe don't you know polish all the way there's mm-hmm. a no-ass version right or maybe a full ass no i don't know uh guys yeah, ass good or bad in the story it's right, hard to it's, tell well who knows we know that half ass is a is a fine way to be um i there's yeah, one yes. there's one more middle school story that i wanted to get to i guess yeah yeah I please can. please it looks like we're about to do a quiz yes there is a, there's a, a game. game so so uh oh yeah barry bishop was my seventh grade uh math teacher um he, i i have to say both names because that was like we always called him that full, first, um, full name and, huh? yeah and, so you said we you, we're at a cool school where we we're on a first name basis used one first name one last name and then both names it's weird right i guess we had to do a one-by-one relationship I, this is just how it was uh for all of them i mean barry uh, bishop is good barry bishop was amazing he um he like he was also a pool shark i want to say as well because he's just so good at geometry um Oh, nice. Uh, I just like it's a good. The only it, other, the, the only real pull shark I know these days was a math is also a high school math teacher. So I wonder if uh, there's a correlation yeah. there. Yeah, I, I mean, we got, well, we got, probably there's a there's a uh, a small subset of like like good at angles and needs extra money. 
Um, yeah, yeah. That probably <laughs> does hit that. Um, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I knew a lot of pool hustlers back in the day because when I, when I played hooky from school, we would go hang out at the pool hall at like 10 in the morning, and that's, that's when you meet the, 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 the good ones. But yeah. I, my, the only retired pool hustler I know it became a math teacher so that he could settle down and not be in the train every day. Okay. To a new town. Isn't it crazy? I was thinking about talking to my wife about this. We were watching something and when someone was pool hustling. It's wild that people still fall for that. I guess it really says something about hubris and kind of like it's but definitely like if, much less if, of it. I, the, this if, is definitely something that died out in the 30s and 40s mostly. It, there was some more of it in the 80s, but it's been mostly gone for a while because people just don't gamble on pool really. But, no, but like the, if you're out at pool and some drunk guy comes up and loses a game, then it's like. Let's let's make it really worth a while. Here's two hundred dollars, and you put two hundred dollars down, and the guy hustles you. It's like, how did you not see that coming? What what do you think this drunk well, guy so that, came so over that's you? A ba- yeah, just... that's that's a bad version of it because mo- people don't gamble on on just the a game's outcome and pool very often anymore. But have you seen the Hustler? I think. Mm, wait, which one's it's that? It's the greatest pool movie of all time. It's, it's actually Paul a, a, no. This is yes, it's Paul Newman. It's this is, this is the one that. Color of Money is like a 50-year-later sequel, sequel yeah. to. But yeah, Paul, Paul Newman is the hustler, and he's, it's such a good movie, and it's not really about pool hustling. It's really about alcoholism. But um, the opening hustle that they do in that movie, I think you could probably pull off today, which is two hustlers are playing pool. He makes an impossible trick shot, and then the other guy is furious at him and is like, you can't do that again. I'll give you 100 bucks if you can do that again. And then he's like, sets it up, and he, he's drunk, obviously, but he does it again. And then now people are like hearing this and they're coming over and they're interested. And he's like, a thousand dollars. You couldn't do that again. He's like, I'm not going to take your money, buddy. We're not going to hang out anymore. I won't take your money. And eventually someone in the crowd is like, I'll take that bet. I bet you a thousand dollars. You couldn't do it again. And then he does it again because he's a, he's the shark. And then he leaves town. What my, my pool hustler friend did buzz the mat, later math teacher, retired pool hustler. He was like, not even hustling for money the same way. What he would do is he'd go to a town. He would show up at the pool hall. He'd be like, Who's the best pool player in town? And then he would play that person and beat them. And then not for money, but just like put on a show, destroy them. And then he'd put up a sign up sheet and be like, I'm going to be back here next Tuesday and I'm teaching lessons for $100 a lesson. And then he would just mm. a sign up sheet for where you go. And then he would go to the next town and beat that best player and put mm. up a. And then he would come back through the week later and do the same tour and just teach lessons to all the people he had uh, impressed. So it was less hustling uh, and more just like making a living being a pool teacher, but traveling. It's kind of like a pool cuck. Like he comes <laughs> over, he fucks the best guy in town, and then he's like, I will teach you how to. I'm not going to tell Buzz that you uh, said that, but yeah, sure. You um, kind of just cucked that whole city's I don't, pool scene. I don't love that version of it. As um, I want to hear the story. Okay, or, so, so uh, uh, Barry was a really, uh, really, really fun. I liked him a lot. Uh, and, you know, we had a, we were in like the, like the more advanced math class, basically in seventh grade, and um, when we had extra time, there was—I don't know if this is half-ass exactly—but he would kind of fill the rest of the, the 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 class if we had finished early with this game called Cutthroat that um, uh, needs two dice and it's basically like a, a two uh, rows uh, of uh, basically of, of of four like places, kind of like like. You know, imagine like blank spots, basically, where you're going to put numbers in. Okay. Okay. Um, we played the game. You're trying to put it in. The game is fun, is hard, is challenging a little bit. It is also possible to cheat at um, because uh, How? if Tell you me. That's wait. That's all I want to know. Okay. So if you wait, basically, if you don't put the numbers down right around, we're working in pencil. Okay. If you, um, if you wait and get all the numbers, 
Um, and then you arrange them. Real fast. You arrange them the right way. Okay. And so we did have a cheating scandal, basically, where someone made some really weird calls where, like, say they're putting, like, you know, like Alex, you did, like putting a one in the thousands. And then, you know, they got another one and they put it in the other thousands. Right. Um, right. The way you would win where it's just like this is a wild way to do it. Right. You wouldn't do it that way. Um, and so and there's also a little bit of like an eraser mark. Um, in yeah. The part, yeah. You know, oh, in, okay. in part so this is this is this is pretty basic ass cheating. Uh, and I guess the thing is, you know, wrapping it all together, one, uh, you know, difference between uh you know uh maybe zero assing versus half assing like this is like this is not quite right um they did not show their work in this way i guess and so they're not getting partial credit um and the least astonishing conclusion absolutely was that they were cheating uh this is a, a thing that yes you know, that they'd seen a lot of times before the other uh, actually one more quick hustling thing i d- in middle school nah, probably in high school in high school i taught myself how to rig a coin toss which i can still mostly do um by you know you flip a coin catch it flip it over on your back of your palm that's mm-hmm. plenty of time in that flipping over motion for me to feel yeah, to the head it, yeah. or tail and then flip it one extra time in my hand without you noticing and yeah, it took a to lot of practice and then it did get harder because they replaced quarters with all the states quarters they'll feel different now mm. but if i get a, a regular ass quarter i can still get a you know i could flip heads nine out of ten times and I've never used that for evil. That was just a thing I learned because I thought it would be useful to cheat at something, but I've never gotten an opportunity to cheat at it. Yeah, no, I, I, I've I, done the, like, you can read a quarter on your, like, whether it's heads or tails and guess a head or tail cost. Like, I, I'm not, not necessarily force it to be heads, but, like, I can oh, do so it. Oh, you're saying like, when you oh, flip it over, you could tails. know what it is without just by feel. Yeah, exactly. Oh, cool. I never like, thought of that. Just, yeah, my, mine was I wanted to change it so you could call it in the air and you'd be wrong every time. Wait, you can no, do this so someone could always win then. Yeah. Yes, you could also set up somebody to always win. I don't know why you would, but you could. Because you're nice and they yeah, deserve see, it. Yeah, you know, I think it's really funny that you two had these middle school games. When I was in middle school, uh, quarters was really big. Oh, I played quarters. Oh, where you office. would put your fists down. Yeah, yeah. And you would have people slaying quarters. And we also used to play this game called the ABCs. That game was also called Bloody take, Knuckles, what you are just describing. Yeah, but we would take a um, any, like an eraser or your fingernail. And we just start scratching the back of your hand. Um, and while the person scratching went with A, and you have to say a word that began with A, B. <laughs> and you have to go through yeah, the whole alphabet. Like, you're like, what if an improv game had torture, torture as one of its yeah, components? Torture, yeah, essentially, yeah. Bad like, torture enough on It was a really big thing in my middle school. And, like, I still have a scar on this hand. Do you really? From getting a bunch of my skin removed. Because um, you wanted yeah. to win. Because everyone did. It was... I I saw so many kids with just fucked up back of the hands. Oh yeah, based off this game. Did you ever? Was, did you ever play butts up? Oh well, yes, I know. with a tennis ball, tennis right? ball wall game where you're trying to like get it on one hop, but that if you miss, the person who loses has to go stand against the wall and everyone throws the tennis ball at your back. Um, any game that has a punishment phase, we I, liked when I was in elementary yeah. school. You know what? I think the thing is, so so yeah, so public school, we definitely there's punishment stuff. We play butts up. I think private school is much more about psychological damage. So yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think that'd be true. Yeah. I can picture you rolling into private school though, being like the 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 world weary traveler who's like, you guys don't even know about butts up here, and they're like, he said butt, and then you like teach them all the bad games. You, you're the guy who ruins Pleasantville so that like you masturbate and a tree catches on fire. I would have loved to have that been true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think it's time to do an ad. We got a new sponsor this week on the show. This week's show is brought to you by the Awesome Coffee Club, which is a coffee subscription com- uh, program from John Green, where 100% of the profits go to charity. 
So you can buy, and it doesn't have to be a subscription. You can buy a subscription or you can buy coffee one-off. They have a light roast for people with taste, dark roast for Ezra's wife, and you can get Paradox decaf coffee. Um, so the, the, the idea of the Awesome Coffee Club, though, is that all of the profits are donated to reduce maternal and childhood mortality in Sierra Leone through Partners in Health. So mm. this is John Green from the novel. This is his coffee company. He's also got a sock company that doesn't sponsor us, but the Awesome Coffee Company does. And... I really like their coffee. I know um, our uh, number one thing is hot drinks. So I was on the prowl for a hot drink sponsor for the show, and I have settled on the awesome coffee company. If you use the promo code Alex Falcone, that's all one word, my name, Alex Falcone, at checkout, you can get 30% off. Alex, can you do yeah. promo codes for all the possible misspellings of your name also? You know, the way this, uh, th that would be an awkward email to send, but we'll see. If can I can, like, I'll ask if I can get I'll more promo with codes. With, without the E, you know, like with, I, uh, just a double Would L. that help this company sell more coffee and get and help more yeah. mothers in Sierra Leone? Absolutely. I mean, uh, for sure. Uh, actually, give us, can you just do all possible words? Can you just get asked for that? <laughs> yeah. No matter what somebody types at the promo code, we get, uh, we get a cut and they get 30% they off. They meant us, whatever they type. That was what it's for, yeah. So join the Awesome Coffee Club, uh, awesomecoffeeclub.com. Uh, sign up for a, either a single time or a recurring coffee subscription, which is my favorite way to just have the coffee always be here and not ever run out of awesome coffee. And use the promo code Alex Falcone for 30% off. And thank you to John and the Awesome Coffee Company Club try, for sponsoring on this? the show. Yeah, please. Guys, do you like drugs that are pretty legal? Like, these <laughs> I don't are drugs. know if John would approve this. These are drugs that people don't get mad at you for taking. You get to talk about these drugs <laughs> with everyone else in the country. And they're like, did you have your drugs today? You're like, yeah, and my drugs helped people. And they're like, that's pretty great. That's pretty great to have that. Um, AwesomeCoffeeClub.com. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if they like that. They didn't give us official copy to read, so we can do whatever we want. But uh, just make sure you use the promo code AlexFalcon, AwesomeCoffeeClub.com. Are you tired of like being a snob about cocaine and want to be a snob <laughs> about something people actually right, take pride in? I think this in? might be too far for this sponsor. <laughs> this going. might be our Keep last sponsor on the show. Let's go. All right, and now it's time to rank half-assing on the master list. It's, it's got to be right in the middle, right? It has to, like it has to be. <laughs> uh, we will find out. But first, the master list is brought to you by AwesomeCoffeeClub.com. Ezra, before we rank this, though, uh, I'd like you to give us a quick refresher, Ezra, as fast as you can. I would like you to read all 22 items on the master list, which is starting with warm beverages brought to you by the Awesome Coffee Club. Okay. Number one, warm beverages brought to you by the Awesome Coffee Club. Number two, firefighters. Three, Zelda. Four, arcades. Five, women's basketball. Six, kids. Seven, my neighbor Totoro. Eight, pro wrestling. Nine, romance novels. Ten, trees. Eleven, Star Wars. Twelve, advice columns. Thirteen, variety. Fourteen, the sun. Fifteen, fresh bread. Sixteen, Nordic track. Seventeen, stand-up comedy. Eighteen, powerlifting. Nineteen, cat videos. Twenty, Halo with the boys. Twenty-one, new metal. And 22, for now, Waffle House. You definitely lost some steam uh, about halfway through yeah, that list, I feel like. It. We've been doing this thing for a while, guys. We have gotten up to, yeah, this is impressive. This is our 23rd ranking. Um, can I, can I, next time, it could just be like really good stuff, medium good stuff, and then not that great stuff. I'm just going to say that. I do be think because people can't look, all look at it unless they're watching on, uh, at home on YouTube.com slash Alex Falcone. Um, but if they're not, I feel like they might not be able to remember all the things and so it's good to have somebody reread it but you know, i appreciate you you struggling through it i'm mm -hmm. going to start out with this sort of um 
I, I, it kills me every week uh, when we have Hunter read the list and he gets to variety, the concept yeah. of variety. Of, of, of various it just, things. It just, it, it really hurts how much mm-hmm. he just has a clear disdain for it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like half-assing it is very similar. Uh-huh. So I, I feel like if we pit it up too high, it's gonna not be good. I can't. I couldn't do half-assing it. The idea of half-assing it and variety. Just the idea of variety every week yeah. from now on. You know. Mm-hmm. So you. Um, wait, so you're saying you want them next to each other? So he has to disdain no, two I'm things. Saying, I'm saying we have it at the end. I think, and I, I think we should, as a podcast oh. that like prides itself on all of us clearly doing a, an amount, a, a crazy amount of work and research uh-huh. each week. Um, yep, all three of us doing we, the same amount of work. Yeah. Yep. We uh, we definitely do not half ass it here. I, um, I so I, I think I think it should be low low on like, the list. So I'm gonna that's make I'm gonna I'm gonna come up with a take before you do as which is mm-hmm. sure that's fine. I I think that actually is similar to my take in that no matter where you put half assing it half assing it will not care. Exactly, yeah. I, and it's why would I care? So I um, think the correct half ass is first take best take. Anthony's decision is that this is 23. I'm fine. No no, no I I look. I think I put it above Waffle House. Wait, no, actually, no. You know what it is? It's gotta be, I think it's going to be above New Metal because wouldn't it have been better? Wouldn't New Metal have been better if they didn't try so hard? One yeah, of the things about Slipknot is they really did put a lot of effort into it. And, and yeah, you know, yeah. some, like, some people, they maybe should have used only this half This totally their ass. ruins my take, but sure, that's fine. I'm also good with that. You have to mm-hmm. be. I think that's right. right. I, structurally, I think that I, I'm, I have to be okay with it. So that. Uh, makes this the new 21. I'm not going to accept any new ideas for this, new suggestions. Why is this so hard for me? Oh, did you read it in a way? I'm just dragging the wrong part. Oh, yeah. Ah, oh, man, you lost, your, you lost your ass. This this is the one downside to half-ass in it, is that sometimes, sometimes you, know, you, end up you have to do two or three tries. Uh, but that's fine with me. All right, the new twenty-first uh, best thing ever is half ass in it, just above new metal and Waffle House, and that's the new master list. So good and, work, and I everybody. Think we should um, we should observe the law of Yunter for oh, the yeah. end of the show and not not brag about it, not you know gloat about a, where a placement on the list. Just sort of like it is what it is. Isn't yeah, cool. The list is what's important. Its mm-hmm. place on the list is not what's important. I have nothing to you teach know? the list. Right. Yeah. And also, um, if the people listening to this, if they are not laughing at us, that's okay too, right? Like, that's fine. We made well, a we, with they it. They better be okay because their <laughs> large portions of this were not funny. Uh, all right. <laughs> let's uh, do some business and then go home. So I mentioned, Anthony, you had the one uh, quibble on YouTube, but you also got another comment. There's Anthony-related Prof Parm uh, commented. They just finished listening to season five of the podcast. This is our last season of Read It and Weep, our old podcast. And the discussion about Gran Turismo that Hunter brings up around minute 15, Anthony perfectly predicts what the movie was going to be based on the current trailers of it. Anthony, you I don't know how you rain manned what Gran Turismo movie was going to be, but you nailed it, apparently. I have no memory of any of this conversation, obviously. But you nailed it, buddy. Congratulations. Yeah, I mean, um, thanks. Uh, I guess it's kind of a a feel. I mean, I don't... Maybe I had read, like, an early synopsis or, like, the movie was announced already at that point. Maybe not. I honestly don't know. Um, I do kind of feel like my guess of, like, 
what if it was like the last uh, fighter, but mm-hmm. with but Gran cars. Turismo makes a lot of sense. Yeah, um, yeah. No one's yeah, made I, that movie in a little while. You know that that movie. I want to say it looks really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I think David Haber Herbo is an actor mm-hmm. I really like. He needs a better agent. Mm-hmm. And man, Neil Blomkamp really makes me sad. I I remember leaving District Nine, and I looked over to my wife who was my girlfriend at the time, and I said to her, like, we just saw the first film from somebody who's going to be a legendary filmmaker. <laughs> right? Because District 9 is such an impressive right, yeah, yeah. debut with such a point of view and so much vision behind it. It was like, that we, did not we're going to be... And instead, we saw the, the one good movie a filmmaker ever made, and has done nothing but go. I feel like this is then. a wonderfully humble point for you and to make here, which is somebody was telling you that you were really insightful about the future of a director's career, and you were like, but I used to be wrong. Yes, I used yeah. to be wrong. I once was so excited for his potential, mm-hmm. and I have disliked every movie he has made since then. I haven't even seen some of them. Maybe they're good, but I just I saw a handful of them. I saw Chappie. And, man, I don't even know what the fuck was going on there. Um, well, I appreciate your uh, pointing out that Anthony was once correct, Prof Parm. That's good to know. And also thanks, Thomas, for writing in about Max Martin and giving us an excuse to talk more about him. Uh, next week, we will be back with a new episode, Our Chickens, The Best Thing Ever. That is our topic for next week. Our Chickens, The Best Thing Ever. We will find out with the help of our friend Phoebe Bottoms on next week's episode. But now we got to get out of here. Our theme music is by at Matrix. Our logo design is by at Tom Typography. We're on Instagram at BTE Pod and on YouTube. You can watch along with our beautiful, our wonderful uh, visual aids at youtube.com slash Alex Falcone. You can also leave us an honest five-star review at Apple Podcasts and you can email us mail at bestthingeverpodcast.com. You can support the show and the great work that John Green is doing in Sierra Leone by becoming a member of the Awesome Coffee Club, awesomecoffeeclub.com slash Alex Falcone. Uh, to sign up, you can also use the promo code Alex Falcone at checkout, and uh, you will get 30% off your first order, which is excellent. You can also become a Patreon. You can support us more directly, patreon.com slash btepod. Uh, some of the great Patreons who help keep the show running, we call them producers at this level, are the Ranger Patrick, John the Consigliere, the Duke of Jail, Best Assistant Regional Manager Sean, and Claire, still TBD. Probably should reach out to Claire about what job title they would like. Um, now, let's find out who lied and who did not lie. In the opening segment, two hosts and a lie. I was the liar two weeks in a row. The lucky, uh, the lucky helmet pulled me as the lie this week. I did not win an oldies themed trivia contest. Did the oldies? But I want to say you? for me, did they, did they just, par- just partial for having a believable lie. Did, did, did the oldies crush you in your uh, in the in the trivia? I don't know. It seems like a thing that probably happens. I've never done oldies trivia. Oh, well, I know. I, I thought I thought the lie was that you won. I thought you actually just got destroyed by them. No, I made this up from scratch. This is whole cloth, man. Yeah, but I mean, everyone knows you haven't listened to any new music since the music died. Since you know that <laughs> since the day the that music died. Yeah. playing crash. Uh, that that just... was so. That was my lie. You caught me. Uh, but Ezra cannot roll his tongue or his R's. He was not no. sandbagging. That was his best effort. That's, that's real. That and also, credit. Alex, in two years, Neil Blomkamp will like make a movie about you. Uh, you know, just on a trivia contest, uh, just just getting destroyed. That's like I think that's the that's you being predicting the future now. I'd watch that movie. Yeah, I'd watch that too, especially if I'm in it. Um, <laughs> I have I have so much to teach. Uh, no, and then you, Anthony... you'll be like um, you know the story with the Gran Turismo movie is that it's based off a true story, and the person it's based off 
is doing the stunt driving, but he's not in the movie. Oh, so, so he's like playing himself when he's driving. Part. Huh? Yeah, but he's not in the movie. That's what you'll, you'll be. You'll do your own stunts, but you will not be playing yourself. That is how the movie will go. You you did miss Nick Cage. He came in when you were working at a, yep. at a shop. He came in when you were not there. I've never regretted anything since as much. That was when he was in Portland filming Pig, wasn't it? Yeah. Man, that movie made it seem like Portland had a much more interesting underground food and fight club scene than it really um, does. You don't know shit about what you're talking about. All of that's real. That's all based off. <laughs> it's basically a documentary. You don't. I mean, you're I not, know Alex, that the... you're not invited to those things, all right? I, my brothers are cooks. I've been, I've been to some <laughs> crazy shit, all right. You don't know. <laughs> all right, that's possible. Uh, all right, so that was all. That's the truths and the falses. You can follow me, Alex Falcone, on TikTok, Alex underscore Falcone on TikTok, and at Alex Falcone on Threads. I post occasionally. Also, Ezra has a newsletter. Delete this newsletter.substack.com. Thanks for being here, Ez. Of course. Thanks for having me. Shout out to the teachers that made you who you are today. <laughs> yeah. The Partial credit, half-assing Partial credits guy you are. Teachers. Yeah. And Anthony Lopez, thanks for joining us. Thanks for ta- giving us more, um, teaching us more about uh, Scandinavia. I'm very humbled to be here today. Thank you so much for having me. All right. We'll talk to everybody <laughs> next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.